From 2 Corinthians 13, 13, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We are so glad that you are seeking God with us, and we pray that the message you are about to hear is a blessing to you. I am Brian Niebank, pastor of Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. I thank you for joining us today as we seek to walk together with God, expressing our love in Bible study and prayer, living the life of the church and serving others and worshiping God. May God bless you today. Whoever has pulled weeds this summer, or ever knows how much of a tedious task it is, knows how necessary it also is. Our community garden is now bearing its fruit, or more literally, vegetables. But it is easy for it to be overcome by weeds. When there are weeds around a plant, it has to compete for water, soil, and sunlight. If you saw the garden at one point in July, you would have not been able to tell plant from weed. I know that I could not. But after some hard work pulling all the weeds, we could start to tell the difference. Ask yourself now, have you ever taken the time to weed your own garden? And no, not at your own house, but in your soul. If you let your spiritual life alone for weeks, months, or even years, you are going to gather more and more weeds that clutter your mind and your focus on God. Together we can pray to God, Loving God, when you show me my personal sin, point me to your plan to pull those weeds. We are not quite ready to start thinking about school yet, although there are already only nine days left of summer vacation in Bellevue. As school starts next Tuesday, I think that's the right date, right? In school, we get corrected nearly every day, if not every day. I remember that some teachers corrected my work with a red pen when I was in school. My English teacher, however, preferred to use a green pen, which seemed friendlier than a red pen. The objective of correcting was to make something better, perhaps point out a better way of saying something, or to make something clearer. It was not merely to mark something as wrong. Seeing green comments were always far more encouraging to me as a less confident student than red corrections were. It just declared that something is wrong. Proverbs 15.31 tells us, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. None of us are perfect, 
And it is certain that we do not walk perfectly in line with God's will. We all have weeds, and we all need correction. Cindy Casper notes, when Jesus corrected people, he did so in love. In some circumstances, such as when he was confronted with the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, he rebuked them harshly. It's still for their benefit. But in the case of his friend Martha, a gentle correction was all that was needed. God's loving correction helps us to adjust our direction and to follow God more closely. Those who refuse it are sternly warned, but those who respond to it through the power of the Holy Spirit will gain wisdom and understanding. We have been following the story of King David. Though we have focused on some of the most difficult moments of his reign, rather than the glorious battle victories that are sandwiched in between. As we have said, he could not have given up, or he could have given up in those moments, saying that he would never be close in his walk with God, but he didn't. He could have stopped trying to seek God, but he kept at it. This is why he is one of the greatest kings in Israel, not because he made mistakes, but because he did not let those mistakes defeat him. He inspired others to do the same, which is crucial because no one is without mistakes. When his son Solomon began to reign, he worshipped God, and God asked Solomon what he wants. From God. What would you ask God for? Would you ask for money to pay the bills or maybe a bigger house? Would you ask for more friends or maybe for that annoying friend to stop calling you every single day? Would you ask for more diligence in your prayer life? Perhaps the ability to hear God better. In our book group, we are asking ourselves how we can hear God's voice better. Solomon has the same idea in mind, also admitting his humility before God. <clears throat> you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. But Solomon continues, Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is chosen in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this, your great people, but you, God? Solomon gives us many great examples to follow in his response to God. First, he recognizes the love that God has shown in the past. 
If you ask something of God today, right now, or in your prayer time, when you ask God for your greatest need, which I try to do every week, are you doing it in the context of what God has already done for you? Or have you forgotten that in the immediacy of your current need? We are always to remind ourselves when we pray of what God has already done for us. Praying God's victories assures us that God is capable of anything. And it gives us more faith to pray our need. In our book group, we were talking about how the author realized God's small victory through one healing that he made, even though he had asked for a different healing. But that one small healing, even though it wasn't what he asked for, gave him the faith to keep on praying because he had confidence in God's ability. Second, Solomon recognizes that God shows steadfast love. That is, God has loved, does love, and will never stop loving God's servants. There is no love that can be more steadfast than God. Because God loves us, God wants to be close to us. God wants us to turn to God. God whispers to us that we have to lean in to hear. Knowing that God wants to help us gives us more faith as well. Because it is easy to convince ourselves that God just stands back and laughs as we try to tackle life on our own. When you pray, begin by centering yourselves on what God has done and on what God wants to be close to you. Admit, as Solomon did, that you do not know the way of the Lord unless God walks with you through it. Some of us may ask for a gentler speech. How many of you have had harsh words directed at you? Proverbs tells us, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When one reader sends an author of a magazine or column an angry email, instead of deleting it or retorting back, the author responded back, I think that you have used the anonymity of the internet to say something you probably would not say to my face. Please reconsider your unkind words. The reader emailed back, apologizing and vowing never to send anyone such an email again. A gentle answer invites more of what we want to see in this world. We can show that example when anyone else would expect us to respond harshly. When have you last become defensive with someone? Why do you think you reacted that way? How can you ask God to help you respond next time with patient and gentler words? We can keep living the way of the world, or we can live the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is a few key differences. First, when you find it, you will never grow hungry or thirsty again. In the way of the world, 
We are always hungry and thirsty for more glory, more power, and more fame. Second, the world traps you in disappointment, anger, and fear. The way of the Lord is love, rejoicing, and peace. If you feel like you are outside this way and are snared in the way of the world, but want to be free, listen to God. Lean in to God. Pray to God like Solomon did. First, praise God. God has done so much for us already. Second, know God. God loves us and always will. Third, know ourselves. We are weak without God's help. Fourth, see God. See where God is, where God is needed, and what you must do to fulfill that need. Solomon knew that he needed to understand the people, but also understand God's will. He wanted to understand the difference between good and evil. He wanted to know what God's will was and what it wasn't. Who doesn't want to know this? Who doesn't want to be better at leading people closer to God? Some of the kings that we read about in the Bible could care less. But David cared, Solomon cared, and we care too. We are given a great example of how to ask God for help in this. Let us not ignore this lesson today. We are not the first ones trying to lead God's people. I asked this question of some people who responded to me. If God said this, if God said to you, ask what I should give you, what would you ask? One person said, do I have to pick just one thing? (laughs) Health, wealth, and happiness. No, wait, a growing, overflowing church. But no, that's still about me. Continued good health to a good old age, allowing me to serve longer. Better, but still about me. Perhaps insight to learn how to lead and serve. Wisdom. Another said to cure cancer and help the poor. Or acceptance of things that seem unfair to me, but are only earthly. That everyone would be saved and be more like Christ. To love one another. If we all did this, the world would be a much better place. To be blessed with hard work that we enjoy and in some way honors our God. And finally, peace in our world. Now I like the first thing that is thought of is in some ways a growing and overflowing church. All hope that their churches might thrive and I've been there too. But God is bigger than this to a point where we ask to serve longer, and then how best can we serve? Solomon asked for an understanding mind so that he could understand what he was to do and also understand others, including God's will. 
that everyone would be saved and be more like Christ is the ultimate will of God. This is what we should all want to see and what we all work towards. But would God do that just by flipping a switch? I think God intends to use us. This is the same answer when we ask for world peace. So how can we ask God for something that will help God use us better? To this, I think the response is of asking God for wisdom and for our work to always honor God, to become more like Christ, and to accept heavenly things that seem unfair to us, including the wisdom and the courage to accept these things. What do we most need to help God complete God's will in this world? This is what we should ask for. Now we worship in much the same way. We start by praising God. We sing a song of praise to begin each service. We recognize that God is here in this space and surely loves us. Then we come to know God. We come to God knowing ourselves and freely sharing our shortcomings with each other and with God. You also have your own to come to God with in your own time. But then, and only then, after we hear the assurance of forgiveness, we are able to hear God's new words fall on our fresh ears and listen to God's message asking us to try a new thing, to lean into God, to actually hear God, listen to God. We see God. We pray for God's mission in this world. And we respond by rejoicing. In knowing ourselves, we know that we all have weeds. And like our community garden, once we pull the weeds once, they won't stop growing back. But don't hate the job. Love it. As Christians, we should love correction. Now it is important to be able to discern that the correction is from God and not from the world or someone who is attached to the world somehow. We must lean on prayer for this. We must lean on scripture. But when God corrects us, helps us to pull weeds in our life that are choking our God-given qualities and traits, some of which we did not even realize were weeds, we will actually feel freer. When we are corrected by the loving words and the chance to rethink and change angry words that we may have sent off to someone, we actually are freer. Challenge yourself this week to not retort in anger to someone who is unfair to you. Instead, kindly reply, noting the insensitive behavior but giving them another chance to say something different and apologize. Do you feel any different? That is what it feels like to have an understanding mind 
able to hear the will of God between what is evil and what is good. Will you help spread this glory, the way of the Lord, rather than the way of the world? Will you love to be corrected by God? This is God's will for your life, to be willing to admit where you have fallen short, open to hearing the voice of God, and resolving to make a difference in the place that we call home. Next time you come to God, begin with praise. Then ask God for what you most need to help God. Let us pray this prayer that we often sing together. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, Spirit, blaze. Set our hearts on fire. Flow, river, flow. Flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. Thanks be to God, and amen. Let us sing Just a Closer Walk with Thee. It will be found on your inserts in your bulletin.
Thank you for joining us here at Zion United Church of Christ Fireside in Bellevue, Ohio. If you would like to reach out to us, we would be thrilled to journey with you on your walk with God. Call us at 419-483-6658 in the United States. Reach out to us on our Facebook page or send us an email at zionunited at gmail.com with any prayer requests or questions you may have. Remember to make time for God and confess Jesus as your way to God to give you hope in this life. May you be blessed by God and be a blessing for another. We hope to see you again.